Y'all ready to be history? It's started. Welcome. Hi. 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 Hello, everyone. To the Pro Audio Suite. These guys are professional. They're motivated. Thanks to Tribooth, the best vocal booth for home or on-the-road voice recording. Introducing Robert Marshall from Source Elements and Someone Audio Post, Chicago. Darren Robert Robertson from Voodoo Radio Imaging, Sydney. Tech to the VO Stars. George the Tech Whitam from LA. And me, Andrew Peters, voiceover talent and home studio guy. Line up, And welcome to another Pro Audio Suite. This time we're checking out some new gear. I'm in a different location, so my new gear, in fact, all this week I've been working out of the Tri-Booth in sunny Byron Bay. And no I one... love that show on Netflix, by the way. Oh, which one? <laughs> we're watching this trashy reality show called Byron Bay, as in B-A-E. And it's about the hot influencers of Byron. Oh, I can tell you a story about that because that went down like a lead balloon. People told them to get fucked. (laughs) I bet they did. Yeah. In fact, where I'm staying, um, where I'm staying, they came here with the camera crew saying, we want to do uh, a thing here. And he said, go away. (laughs) In the nicest possible way. Right. Bugger off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could see why. But yeah. anyway, so you're in your tri-booth and you've got what rig with you on the room? Uh, SSL 2 and mm-hmm. just my MacBook Pro. And that's it. I have an SSL of... 2 in my right hand. Oh. And what's I... your mic? Uh, a Sennheiser 41.6. So do you have the magic Lovely. button pushed in? It doesn't sound like it. No, I don't. No. No. Okay. No. It's just pure 416 mm-hmm. with like, some game. Yeah, no, no 4K button? No 4K button. Mm-hmm. I probably should, but I didn't. Um, no. But n- no one's sort Don't of come back and now. said, oh, it sounds wonky or anything. So I don't that's think good. you need it. No, sounds good to me. And I haven't got the back flaps shut, so to speak. Um, <laughs> flaps up? Yeah, <laughs> the flaps are up. Um, because what kind of room are you in hot. in general? I'm in a bedroom. We're actually Carpet? so close to the beach. It is so loud. Yeah. But you probably can't hear it because I've closed all the doors. And no, the I can't hear and everything. Yeah. Carpeted room or what's the... Uh, no, it's a like wooden drywall floor. drywall carpet? Yep. Wooden floor. floor. Yeah. yeah. I just put a beach towel underneath the tri booth. And that's it. Look, in all Lovely. honesty, I, if I was completely not honest, bad. I would say I could probably pick that you're not in your studio at home. But yep. at the same mm-hmm. time, there is nothing whatsoever unusable about the audio that you're sending me. I think the only thing that lets me down is because I'm limited with space. So I've actually put it into a corner. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, so that's not good, but I just didn't have a choice. Well, I'd yeah. be happy to use that, Robert. Isn't I'd that kind like... of the point? That it's like in the corner? Yeah, but it's probably too close to the wall. Yeah, I mean, if it's in a corner, that's, you know, where it's practical, but yep. you may do, you may get a little bit of standing wave yeah. off that wall because yeah. it is going, you know, it's right on the other side of the blanket. So. It's possible you might get a little bit of that, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's working a treat, and um, it's certainly taken a lot of pain out of going away, that's for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Well, so, I'm really glad to hear that. Winner, Two winner, chicken running, dinner. making those things. Yeah, it's great. So I've been in contact with Rick and sent him a few photos of where I am and stuff, and um, which he's what, posted what on What options um, did you get social. on it? Does it have, like, the uh, gold trim? Uh, no, I don't have the gold trim, no. <laughs> we got to work up A few diamantes. But that's about all. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Glad to hear. I'm glad to hear it's working out, and the SSL two is working out as well, which uh, 
It's not, but well, we're going to talk about some more portable interfaces today, but it's the least portable of all the ones we're talking about today. It is. I did actually throw into the the bag the AI one, the road. Um, but it's interesting with the road. I can't use the forty one six because it just doesn't seem to have enough gain. The road is weak on gain for those yeah, AI ones. But if you, but I also threw in the bag the NTG five, which has a ton of output. So uh, if push comes yeah. to shove and I had to change out interfaces, I would use the NTG5. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. I was wrong. The, 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 the SSL tool is not the least portable. Rob, Robert's using the least portable <laughs> yes, interface yes. today, but he'll tell us more about that in a little bit. Yeah. So what have you got, Robbo? you got some new toy there. Uh, I have, uh, I've got my hands on a, an audio box, a PreSonus audio box Go. Um, and I, I didn't buy it. I, I actually reached out to one of the local distributors here just to get my hands on it to have a play with it because I was interested to see. Now, I don't have an issue with what it sounds like. In fact, I did a little comparison just for everybody to have a listen to. All right. So this is the PreSonus Go. Uh, I'm about a fist's length in George parlance from my Sennheiser 416. Look, it doesn't sound too bad. Uh, I'm not used to my wife's headphones, so I'm not quite sure what I'm hearing, but it sounds pretty good. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we'll plug in the uh, the AI-1 and compare. This is the AI-1. Uh, again, same position, about a fist length from the 41.6 and smack bang in the middle of the voice booth. So sounds pretty similar in these headphones, but... Uh, I guess the proof is in the pudding when we get it downstairs and back in the studio. But uh, yeah, sounds pretty good too. I, I like how it doesn't have any labels on some of its knobs. And you're right. And for me, that w- it was kind of intuitive, but I kind of look at it and for someone who didn't know what they were doing, you could be very easily confused. Yeah, it just says main is one. Yeah. 48K, but then the two gain knobs, you just have to assume what they are. Yeah. You got that weird knob in the middle, which is your mix blend, right? That's your mix blend. And the four, and then the 48 and the main, and then the headphones, you just got to, well, you've got one and two. So on the back, it's reasonably clearly marked. One is your mic and line, but, and two is your instrument. You know, you compare it to an AI-1, and the AI-1 is simpler. There's yeah. there's only a mix push button. And there's only one output. I would I would argue that this is simpler than the the AI one. And mm-hmm. here's my argument: anytime yeah. anytime a knob doubles as a button, that inherently is more confusing to most people. I yeah. think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and this yep. is a clear, especially if yeah. on the AI one, like you don't know if it's in or out. The only way you can tell is if you turn it off or change it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like there's a slight light for the phantom, but I forget how it does it. But it's not. Clearly, super I think obvious. they err on the side of slick with the AI one. Yeah, and the AI the the audio box go is not slick. Yep, um, but uh-uh. it's got each <laughs> knob that you really need. I would argue that the main knob is always overplayed. It should be the headphone knob is the big knob, and the speaker knob is the small <laughs> knob. In my opinion, yep. it's always the reverse because you know the conventional design. 
I think it's a clean design. Yeah, I think the labeling could be a little better. Why would the mix label be below the mix knob and the one and two not labels be above the gain mm-hmm. knobs? It's mm-hmm. just, it's just, what are they thinking? Yeah. That, that's terrible <laughs> design. The mic pre only has two decibels extra over the uh, AI one is 48 decibels and this one's 50, mm-hmm. but overall a pretty weak pre. You're not, you're not using this on ribbons. Probably. Yeah. It's, well, it's clever that they did literally write the word 50 on it. So it's like just a real, you know, it's kind of like a car with a speedometer, you know. It's, my speedo goes to 130 it's, miles it's per hour. It's got the label. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I guess it implies that it does. Yeah. Um, and 50 dB gain arguably is enough with almost any condenser microphone, but clearly not enough it's, with any. It's like exactly. Microphone. It's like your four-cylinder car that just has... Just yeah. enough to drive. If you have a mile-long runway, you can get up to a hundred and hundred miles an hour. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I think you've both you've both struck on something that I did find using it was that there wasn't really enough gain in the headphones. Um, I'm not a voiceover mm. artist. I don't use a lot. I don't need a lot. Although my cans are open, I did think that if I was AP or someone, I would be struggling with the amount of headphone level I could get out of mm. it. And the other yeah. thing, the other thing that really gets me for something that's called a go is it's very cheaply, very cheaply made. It's it's very plasticky. I can. I can wiggle the knobs. Is, is the whole box plastic? Yeah, the whole box is just a really it's funny because like in plastic. contrast, the road is all metal. That's right. That much. And that's what I was thinking. I was thinking if okay, if I had, if I owned both of these and I was a voiceover artist and I was just going to throw something in a bag to take with me, I would be throwing the AI one because I kind of I would feel like when I got to the other end, it was still going to be in one piece. I would kind of mm. worry that this thing would just end up squashed and and broken and. A bunch of plastic and although in I the didn't have an AI one fail on me. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, you did. But it, yeah, uh, look, I don't know. It's um, I, I guess for what it is and for the price point, I think I looked it up. It was something like one hundred and thirty, one hundred and forty dollars Australian. It's only eighty US. No, it's yeah. eighty yeah. bucks. Yeah, I, I, but I, I, I think the how much is the AI one? I think it's it's not much maybe, more, but it was a little bit more. Is it more money? I think well is here it, it is. I, 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 AP, you'd know more than me. I, I can't remember what the retail one twenty nine US. So it's yeah, fifty dollars more. Yeah, okay. really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. one arguably has more features built cheaper. Right. It's like buying a, a pimped up cheap car as opposed to a pimped down luxury car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Probably. Yeah. You're, you're trading quality of build for features. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would. I would say this would be a but really. The Sonics good... are probably equal. I. I, I bet yeah. the Sonics aren't much far, far. Aren't far apart. Yeah, I would say at this price point, they're not going to be that much different. I mean, I could see myself recommending this as an alternative to the Scarlet Solo mm-hmm. that everybody wants to buy or is told to buy because yep. this is almost half the price and yeah. has and a mix knob. You don't have to feel knob. guilty. You don't have to feel guilty if you proper, recommend the Behringer. Yeah, it has an actual proper <laughs> mix knob. Like that's the that's the what I yep. hate about the Solo. It has either monitor on, on or monitor off. off. Of course, the headphone mm-hmm. level is weak. I found that with these ones with mix, if you turn the mix knob left, you will hear yourself a little bit louder. It'll add three or so dB more level as yeah. you as you you know blend to the left yeah. or to the input. But yeah, that's it, always it's more these like things. it drops the volume of the other. Like it you does. What it drops the other one, and yeah. sometimes it raises the the sure. the source that you're uh, biasing toward. But 
I'll tell you um, what, I like the analog low latency mix better than all the software low latency mixing. Yeah, I agree. Like it's just right there. Boom. It's just right there on a knob. Yeah, like this yeah. this is intended for low tech users that need something simple and to activate and use. And I if it proves to be reliable, and that's a big if, but yes. if it is proves to be reliable, um I'm I, I would not have based on purely on feature set and price point. And sound quality, because it seems like it's on par, I wouldn't have any trouble recommending it. Mm. You know, the biggest issue I find with these, though, and that does scare me, is if you're in a position that I'm in at the moment where I'm away for, you know, a period of time, and you only have the one interface and the thing lets you let's go, you're in, in the shit, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't want to be bringing doubles of everything, even though I kind of do. But it defeats the purpose of Well, I'll tell you an interface I like that you can bring a double of. I I think for traveling the Shure X2 use cannot be beat. Yeah, right. It's 16 bit. Yeah, but if you're in the shit, that thing will get you out of the shit and clean most of it up. Yeah, no, it's it's very small. It fits in almost any pocket in any bag, and you always it's have tough. one of those. Just like the original MicPort Pro too. Small, light, just mm-hmm. throw it in a bag. It's always there. And, and the has- Shure is really really toughly built. You know, like the knobs the. It's got the mix knob, which other interfaces don't even have. It, it does right. exactly what we're talking about. Yep. But the knobs are recessed, so you really can't yep. like you That's can't break this it. thing's biggest competition, in my opinion, would be the Shure XTU. In terms of small feature set, price point, who it's intended for, this is their this is a, a Personas' Shure XTU, which amazingly the Shure XTU, is it still produced? I thought it got it replaced I, it, on their product you, line. You can still buy them, and it is you a, can find them, but I don't know if they're still. I think you buy them on Amazon. I'm going to bet. Yeah, I have a feeling that they stopped producing them because when I search for for to one of the very very popular audio retailer websites, it does not come up. Yeah. Oh, really? So, yeah, I think that's that a thing's sad day. Actually, been sunsetted. Because what they're doing now is they're producing like the MV1, and they're making these other more slick, digital controlled preamps and stuff and getting away from the knob one knob per per function um which is uh again why i like the portcaster one knob per function and no firmware just completely analog signal path mm-hmm. it's interesting I, I wish that uh ssl had taken a leaf out of Rhodes book and actually used better materials for the ssl2 that's the mm. only thing I think lets it down. It just doesn't. I mean, it's not cheap either. The buttons I don't like. I think the I think the little push buttons as I unbox mine. Yeah. Um, I think the buttons are a little bit hard to read. Yeah. Not the text is not hard to read, but it's hard to read what position they're in. They don't have a very long throw, and that may not seem like a big deal, but at a glance, it's really hard to tell whether Phantom is on or if you're oh. in line mode or. Yeah, that's the issue. These buttons are really hard to. Well, you press the phantom on, yeah. and there's no light you have to, to tell, paint a tell it was on. a little red line around the bottom of it. Yeah, there's yeah. no light. I mean, a little light. How much would that cost? A yep. dollar? I don't know. Yeah, Add a light. So kind of weird. It's good, but it's not amazing. But um, sound quality, at the end of the day, I guess, is the most important thing. And yeah, and it's got that, that in spades. So that that's mm-hmm. its, that's the upside. But I must admit that you know when it's written on the back, you know, uh, SSL Oxfordshire. <laughs> and then you flip it upside down and going, this is not built in the UK, and there it is, <laughs> the yeah. underneath, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all price what, point. What is the SSL, two in, four out, or two in, two out? Two in, two out. 
Actually, two in, Jumbles, yeah, two out, yeah. Just two in, two out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, and another thing, like with the going back to the audio box, is it's, it's USB C. And the thing that c- kind of perplexed me is USB C is a connector standard, right? And it's what everything's going to for obvious reasons. But it also is capable of supplying way more current or power over USB C than old USB one or two. And so it's like there's no reason why it couldn't output more power to the headphone amp at all, other than just saving money, you know. So, you know, there's I think there's 900 milliamps of power available on USB-C versus 500 on the old standard. So there's a lot more juice available, and they should take advantage of it. So, Yeah. Speaking pre-Sonus, you had uh, a little hiccup with your machine. I don't want to go on forever, and I'll try to keep it brief, but... I've been using the Revelator IO24 quite happily, actually, since I got it about four or five months ago. Paid for it with my own money, which does not happen that often these (laughs) days. But I bought this thing because I was so excited about it. And, you know, it checked all the boxes in terms of price point, sound quality seemed to be there. The drivers were amazing or are amazing. And the the loopbacks or the different playback matrixes, mix minuses, whatever the hell you want to call it. It had several of them and um, it was awesome. Well, there was a few little bugs in the firmware and they did release an update and it turned out that when they fixed one problem, they created a new one. And I hate when companies do this. Oh, it makes me crazy. But what they did was they fixed a few bugs and then they removed a feature. Now, removing a feature isn't a bad thing if you don't use that feature, but it's a terrible thing when it's how you basically use the unit. And it's, they fundamentally change the signal routing in the unit uh, to, to sort of dumb it down, simplify it for the average user so it feels and works like their old Scarlet that they're used to. And then will kind of unlock another level of complexity if they choose to do so by using what they call the stream mixes. So in the end of the day, it'll work and do everything I wanted it to do from the get-go, but I have to rethink my workflow. And it also kept me from producing my show Monday the way I normally would. I could not do any playbacks on my show on VOBS on Monday. I couldn't play back sound samples and things that I'm used to because I hadn't realized that they removed the stream mix from channels one and two. Exactly. (laughs) So what's the moral of the story? Do not do what I did. Uh, do not install firmware updates on the day or close to production time yeah. on anything. Um, be very, very wary of installing firmware updates. Not, you know, software updates on, you know, they're not as worrisome, but a firmware update, it can, it literally with digital a product, they can completely rewire it internally. It's like they just they literally repatched everything inside the box. Wow! And it caught me uh, caught me off guard. So, oops. Long story short, again, I think I once I relearn it again and refigure out how I should set up all my ins and outs and all my software, I will probably be back to using it again. Um, but I just that really really bugged me the way they. Mm. Uh, didn't really warn warn you on the firmware that by the way you install this and you may have to reconfigure everything afterward. So, ouch. Well, the, when you got the revelator, you uh, made an offer to Robert to send him the roadcaster. 
I mm-hmm. sure did, and eventually I got around to doing it. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so Robert, so now, what do you think? Uh, yeah, no, it's not Robert anymore. I it's like sound it. effects master. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah, I, I I don't know what these do. Let's see here, like you know, uh, I have the roadcaster. Ah, uh, 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I I think it's pretty cool, I, and I'm probably using it a little bit less like other people are using it to some degree. You know, it's got the mic going in, and at first it's a little bit tough. You have to figure out how to make a mix minus when you need one. I, like, I don't really understand it the way it... Kind of buried in there pretty Yeah, the mix minus for just is. the USB. Yes, yes. But I'd rather just leave it turned off and then just run the mute. And, like, I like the way if you hit the two buttons together, the mute and the monitor, yeah. then it's just going to headphones and it doesn't go to the main out, which... right can basically solve your problem. But I still wanted to do playback, so I still had to run two interfaces, and I just use my Mac output as the playback, and I bring that into it. Right. On that second fader where they are expecting you to bring your cell phone into. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's my Mac playback, so I can play back anything that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of its loop back. And then I seriously dig just having, like, the USB, or sorry, the uh, Bluetooth, like, hey, play this from my phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so. Cool. It's almost like just a nice adapter to be able to have different monitoring sources, plus the pad. The processing's okay. The gate is stupid. I think nobody <laughs> like, gets could the be gate. Expander. Right? It seems like yeah, because yeah. that's, yeah, that's no the revelator's the weak weak point too. Is the gate by far? Does the Bluetooth yeah, like go a, both I, ways? I think everyone should make expanders before they ever bother making a gate. Like exactly. Don't you think, George? Ex- Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, Robbo said that, uh, does the Bluetooth go both ways? <laughs> yes, yes, it, it does. does. So I can um, do stuff like patch. this. I'm right. So, so, so here's some fun stuff. I'm on my phone and I don't want to deal with my phone or I want to charge my phone and I want to sit in front of my desk. So I'll just switch my phone to Bluetooth. And now I'm talking to the person through the road, mm-hmm. but I'm sitting at my desk with headphones on. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with even just whatever it can record keep in mind though when it's in hands-free bluetooth is like a two-faced standard for audio there's playback and there's hands-free when it's in hands-free that's the two-way mode where you can use it as a phone patch or something the sound Mm -hmm. quality is dramatically reduced right very very dramatically reduced so just keep that in mind if you're going to use it that way but if you're going to use it as just a playback device you get you know you get full bluetooth fidelity which is you know pretty good for good for broadcast i'm i'm not sure which it does it doesn't really tell you so i guess it decides on its own when it does it it decides it's based on the app you're running on your phone so if you're if you're on your phone using a phone call using the phone app then it's in hands free mode um if you're on clubhouse that's hands free mode but if you're playing back spotify that's, that's just full, full bland, yeah, full fidelity. So you do have to watch that. That's a that's a little gotcha, but you know, um, at the end of the day, it's it's a fair trade. And until until there's a high def HD hands free mode for Bluetooth, which I don't think there is one yet, but if there ever is one, I will be excited to use it because um, I would love that to have a better quality foam patch function. The Roadcaster is pretty good overall. I mean. It's got just enough inputs. You can always ask, like, oh, man, I wish I had one more, like, eighth-inch or quarter-inch input. Yeah. Um, It'd be nice if it had a better mix-minus matrix where you could actually, instead of just 
mm-hmm. tying your headphones to the output. Maybe you have a headphone and an output choice. Mm-hmm. If, it, if I a could take my Revelator and the Roadcaster and melt the mind meld of the two, that would be amazing, amazing. Well, it doesn't have the software loopback. It only has the hard- well. No, it does have the software loopback in a sense. It's channels one and two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, AP will probably laugh at me because they'll know why I'm asking this question. But if you were recording, if you were recording a podcast that was also being videoed, is there an out you could use to send a split to camera on the roadcast? E- <laughs> kind of. So right. So that TRRS jack. Well, yeah, yeah, one of the headphone jacks would work. Yeah, okay. which is which yeah. is another thing I was thinking it's like it's got these wonderful faders that you think are motorized but they're not and if they were motorized then you could have separate layers and a different headphone mix for mm. each the camera would possibly need a separate feed separate mix separate mix yep. yeah 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 theoretically yeah it just depends yeah. what you're doing with it like if you're using a roadcaster pro to mix a pa system yeah and then you need a broadcast mix yeah then you no. definitely need two the mix to mixes. camera would only be for them to edit to well in a way you don't need i mean you, you need to mi- like probably just give like a garbage output on headphones because you're going to collect it multi-track yeah and and you'll have that um right. but it, it does lack like on the that's exactly where its weak spot is in a lot of ways is its output you don't have separate headphone mix outputs mm. you don't have multi-output like you it it has multiple input so you can have every source come into your DAW separately, but you can't capture or you can't send things out of it. Like, like what do I mean by that? It doesn't have multiple output matrix, yeah. analog output matrixes or, or mixes. It just has a main mix. Yeah. And it's the same on headphones as it is on monitor speakers. But you can record multi-track on... off it, can you not? Is that, isn't that yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah, multi, yeah. it's multiple inputs, but it's only two outputs. Yeah, right. Right. And if right. it had multiple outputs, even if it, it, it's not even that it needs physical outputs, what would be greatest, greatest if it had virtual outputs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you could send out of it, like you could say, okay, send my USB back to the computer, but on a different output. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe Source yeah. Elements should approach them, should approach Road and go, hey, you know, you could license Nexus and, you know, make this thing completely flexible. <laughs> well, yes. well, which, which sound drivers are you using, are. Robert? Are you using the stereo mix or the multi-channel? Like, like right now I'm on the stereo mix so I can, you know, like, do this. Right, which is pretty <laughs> quiet because you have that fader down. It is yeah, pretty yeah, low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. I'm right. glad you're not paneling yeah. my radio show. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> 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 Although, having said that, most jocks probably wouldn't notice the difference. What's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yeah. But the USB mi- mix minus is doing its job right now because we're not hearing. No, I, I have the two. I got the monitor and the mute. Oh, you're doing the Q mix mode. I'm you're doing, doing mix mute mode, right? and mute and I, I solo. Find, I find right. it's like its other mode is like kind of like doesn't yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah. So this is better. Yeah. So if you want to record or send something specific to your DAW, as long as your DAW is multi-track or can assign inputs from the unit, then you can record any of its 14 channels. Correct. Any and, any and all. So you can pick and choose whatever you want out of the roadcaster and record that. So right, you can there, pick up like, and it starts on channel three. So channels one and two are the mix and then channel three is right. mic one. It's a little confusing because channel one and two on the board is mics. So yeah, I, I would, I would have they, made the last outputs, but I can see why yeah. they did that because the first two is the one that a lot of software will pick up by default, right. and they need it to be the mix. Exactly, exactly. 
you know, I used it for two and a half years before I sent it to to Robert. And in that two and a half years, the unit, and you know, in the same way, I was frustrated with Personas taking a feature away. Roadcaster did nothing but add new features for yeah. two years. Yeah, they just kept on adding stuff, and it never broke the unit, mm-hmm. and it never dumbed it down. All they did was like let you sort of unlock layers of complexity, you know, like advanced settings and advanced features yeah. and all this stuff. So kudos right, to them. That's, that's, that. that's what I'm saying is on the output. A nice feature that they could do is multiple outputs. So you could assign your USB out a different out, not necessarily one and two, but... Mm. Right. Well, mm-hmm. I was actually reading an interview with... Um, what's the name of the... Who, who's the guy who's in charge of Road, Andrew? What's his name? Freeman. Yeah, yeah. With him, we, I was reading an interview with him and apparently the next version, the next firmware update, because they, they wanted to make it a bit more obvious that it was an Australian product. So the, the next firmware update will actually pour you a beer and bung your shrimps on the barbie as well. <laughs> mm. Prawns. Yeah. Prawns, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. I have so, another new piece of gear. Oh, I have a Rode NTG5. Hang on a minute. And why do you ask it? Say, do I say it's new? It, yes, exactly. Yeah, because the they just f- sent me a new one to replace the old one that crapped out. See, there you oh. go. Isn't that, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're no longer sponsors how, how of this show. Out? So this isn't a paid promotion, but that just speaks volumes to me about this company and, yeah. and, and their, their ethos and, and their sort of attitude to customer service. A mic that they gave you for free two and a half years ago broke and they've replaced it. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, there's, uh, in my dealing with Apple for many, many years, this is called a company doing the right thing, Yeah. right? I know that with Apple, I've had computers from Apple get replaced, not fixed, but replaced, when there's a design flaw or a literally a component failure, not because it's just out of warranty, but because they made a mistake and they fess up to it and they replace the computer. I've had it. I've had a Mac Pro replacing a Mac G5. Remember the old Power Mac G5? Yeah. yeah. And then the Mac Pro came out. Yeah. They gave me a Mac Pro when I had a G5 that failed. Wow. Way out of warranty, right? Yeah. Who does that, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I had a MacBook Pro, like a 2012 or something. The graphics card blew out. Well, it was a known problem, and they replaced it. It was a brand new computer. And this was, you know, years out of warranty. So- you know, when a company does right, it's always it's always great to see. Totally. I just know that they had some component level failure in the Roadcaster, sorry, the in the NTG5 that was probably plaguing their users and well, them. It's probably cost them a lot of money. Cuz I'm sure they've replaced a lot of Rode NTG5s. Um, over the years. And they didn't just send me to Mike, they sent me a retail box. So I have Literally doubles of every accessory. Yeah. You know, I have well, all the shock mount, shock pistol yeah, grip. It, it came with a nice shock mount. Yeah. Yeah. The shock pistol grip is sweet. I mean, the accessories in the box are not junk. No. At all. Like everything in that box is, I consider pro quality in yeah. terms of accessories and everything. So, yeah, they really did right. So I'm back on the mic and I'm, I'm glad it, it sounds, I, I forgot that it really does sound a lot better than the NTG4. Mm-hmm. Which is, ain't bad, and I'm sure glad I had it because I could just plug it in and get back to work. By but, coincidence, I'm um, also on mine as well today, so there's two of us on the show. Yeah, yeah. And, and your NTG5. Yeah, yeah, I had it this out is, the, the other day. The whole show for is NTG5 except for Andrew. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andrew's <laughs> still going out today. Yeah. It's an ironic twist. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you find out what the issue was with the NTG5, George? Did they tell you? Well, they absolutely gave you absolutely zero detail. It yeah. was just, shut up, kid. Here's your new mic. Code. Now go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what actually happened? What Was it just crackly or just died or what happened? No, it didn't just die. And it had the exact same uh, symptoms that I had clients a year ago suffering from. That was, And that's what was really strange. So... I had a few clients that bought the mic on our recommendation, mine, I'll say my recommendation. And um, I had a couple say, hey, I'm getting overdrive distortion out of the mic sometimes, and I don't know why. And we all thought it was clipping the preamp. Well, it was not clipping the preamp. It was clipping the mic's own amplifier circuit internally. So if you spoke quietly, it was fine. If you projected into the mic, it would start to just clip you know, distort. And so it was an internal issue in the mic. I don't know enough about power supply, phantom power supply design, but I have a feeling it was the phantom power supply circuit in the mic that was going bad because it was behaving like a device that starved for power. You guys, I mean, you know, like if a power supply is weak, you lose overhead or you lose headroom, right? Mm. Yep. Like things start to clip, yeah. right? Like yeah, it gets poor. Yeah. Things get crunchy, and and that's exactly what was going on with the NTG5. And so um, I have to think there was like a, a little tiny surface mount component or a capacitor or something was failing on them, you know? And they make, how many of these did they make? A lot. Hundreds, yeah. thousands, right? Yeah. So that bad component, they bought in a massive batch, you know? And oh, it's, it's brutal for a company. When that happens, yeah. but they did what they had to do and they made sure it got replaced. And, um, you know, in the early days when this was happening, some clients of mine, one client in particular I can think of, got two replacement units until he got one that stopped, didn't have the symptom. Really? So Road didn't know what to do. They're like, well, I guess we'll just send him another mic. What are we going to do? And the new mic had the same failure. So it wasn't until they were able to run a new, find a new batch or run a new run of production, <laughs> were they able to get out of that problem? Wow. Um, you know, and Apollo, Universal Audio ran into the same thing with the Apollo, too. The Apollo Twins, Mark IIs, had this whooshing problem. I might have talked about it on the show a couple of years ago. And it plagued them. I mean, they, and that's a similar thing, you know, hundreds of units uh, with this problem. And I haven't heard of a client complaining of it in two years. So they yeah. figured out what it was and they got rid of it. But when that happens and they make thousands, it's all they can do is just keep replacing them until the problem goes away. And boy, yeah. that costs a lot of money for a company. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, indeed. Well, I'm sure they'd be claiming it back off the manufacturers. I would be. I'm, I have a feeling, I don't know how much they manufacture in-house, but I'm pretty sure they do... Most of the circuit boards themselves and everything else, they oh, make, okay. make all the capsules. They they tool up all the um, the actual bodies of their microphones and everything. So hmm. I think so. They assemble in house, but they everything they have parts. The I, actual like ICs, you know, the little tiny IC chips, like the AD converters. Yeah, they buy those. Yeah. those yeah. are going to come from China or Taiwan, hmm. and yeah. those have been such in short supply that companies are redesigning and re-releasing products right now. Yeah. And the consumer has taken a major hit. The Apollo Solo was $500 in the U.S. Now it's $700. Hmm. Wow. I mean, just like that. 
the same product. And the the RME Babyface has a new model number. It's called the Babyface FS something. Like they added another letter to the file name to the model name, and they had to because they had to put in new uh, ADDA chips because the chips were just not available. Yeah. So that's another thing that's going on right now. So if you bought a piece of gear this you know this month and bought a gear two years ago, they are not electronically identical. They've had to literally redesign them to. Mm work mm. around the chip shortages. Well, it's going to get so, worse, you know, because a lot of the materials yeah. to make chips comes out of Ukraine. So stand by. The raw materials, yeah. And if you've got any, uh, 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 what is it, electroharmonics uh, tubes, you might want to hang on to them because uh, those are made in Russia. Aren't they? Yeah. Or am I wrong yeah. about that? I yeah. think they are. <laughs> so they're wow. going to go up in value. <laughs> yeah. Think. Everything's going up in value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to go sell one of my children to put petrol in the car the other day. <laughs> well, as you've got plenty of them, so it doesn't matter. You won't miss one. <laughs> Which one did you pick? Oh, okay. just, I started at the top. Okay. The oldest one who just started from the top. I'll work my way down. Yeah. <laughs> the one that eats the most, right? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, got to get value you for money. Much, you're gone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, uh, so, George, do you get the feeling that the... The headphone output on the roadcaster is just all one analog gained thing. Like they don't have separate access to it. Oh, uh, like, like it's there's like one amp and then there's four attenuators. Right. That's I, I think they just ganged them Probably. all together. So it's just like everyone gets the, the, the USB mix or the main mix, the yeah. one and two mix. But there's probably like an eight ohm, you know, amp. Like a and it just provides them. it. Yeah. yeah, over the different. That's that's my best guess. I I haven't spent much time. I I think that's the it, miss. But, yeah. If if it had like a proper control panel where you could send software outputs to yeah. the different headphone outputs, that would be that would make it full up because then you could yeah. do your own mixes. You could kind of expand it. It's kind of cornered in, in a little bit of a way that it's, it makes well, it very desktopy. It's not like a full. It's multi input. Like most interfaces are multi-output before they're multi-input a lot yeah. of the time, you know? I think you just always have to have perspective based around the price point of what it is. Yeah, what is it, like $600, still, right? It's a 600 yeah. US unit, and yeah. I feel like you're getting a huge amount of value for that. Like before this thing came out to do exactly everything what it does, there wasn't really any one piece of gear. And you had to have more than one piece of gear to get the same yeah. Set of features, and, and now Tascam thing, is ripping on this. I think I think Tascam's well, Tascam, Tascam, uh, Zoom, Zoom has, has something one, called the. Yeah. I think it's called the Podcast not the F eight, but something like that. Yeah, the PodTrack eight. Is it the That's PodTrack? It. PodTrack yeah. eight, right? And so you know these companies are gunning for road road, but the road feels way more, way better built, and it's got a great feel to it. The buttons are like great for the mute. And yeah, kind of feels a little. It's got just enough of that. Like, seems like a radio station thing. Like, mm-hmm. if you just took it and routed out a desk so it dropped into the desk smooth, yeah, it would feel very at home. In a radio oh, station. like if you had a cutout yeah. and you made a yeah. cutout desk for the board. Yeah, yeah it, right. It'd feel like it belongs there. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally. Agree. I'm sure this thing's found its home into a lot of stations. Yeah, you know, I may not maybe not the main broadcast room, but the A or the B, C or whatever production rooms. Yeah. I mean, I definitely the sure. high school football game broadcast. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. 
Hell, I would have done the Eagles radio network on this thing. I would have had right. radio time. Done a pro thing. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been so much easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, not, no, a, lot I, of, a lot of radio stations would use them for their podcasts and their digital uh, broadcasts, yeah. for sure. The roadcaster, really? Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? I mean, to be clear, this thing is separated dramatically from broadcast gear because broadcast gear is designed for servicing, li- like literally being serviced while on the air. Right, yeah. like driving the car 60 miles an hour down yes. the road, and then you, you're like, you can, let's you change can the hinge, spark plug. You can hinge it open <laughs> and look at the entire inside and remove a fader while on the air, right? Wow. That's what broadcast gear yeah. can do. And uh, until you've played around with a broadcast mixer, you, you wouldn't even know that because it's a whole different level. You're looking at the back and going, where the hell's the XLRs and quarter inches? <laughs> They're none <laughs> because none everything's on punch downs and screw terminals. Yeah. And, you know, the whole lid is on a hinge, like a piano hinge. And, yep. <laughs> and oh, there's the insides. So that's the difference. You know, yeah. this if this thing goes down, you just replace it. You grab another one out of the closet and plug it in. And, and the other main difference, I think, between the roadcaster and a broadcast desk from a radio station, particularly from the 80s, um, if you actually could get inside the roadcaster, you wouldn't find the drugs that you used to find inside the broadcast desk from the uh, <laughs> the studios. Yeah, <laughs> was that a not so uncommon thing? <laughs> if, you, if you knew how to open it, you'd find <laughs> a surprise inside. You should say, "Oh man, <laughs> I know of a jock, um, AP Quack Quack." Um, yeah, yeah. Who yes. who was who was desperate for a um for for some powder. Coke? Shall we yep. need to powder his nose? Um, yep. And um, and opened up the console and scraped out enough to fill both nostrils. So, um, <laughs> yeah, there was plenty. Yep. <laughs> yep. The technicians had a nice supply every time they did a service on those desks. Oh, yes, what indeed. would you like this week, weed or coke? Because I got both. <laughs> it's too much. Uh, oh, yes, those were the days. Throw I think some I'm... shroom dust in there too. <laughs> no, no, just straight, yeah. kept it basic, yeah. weed and, and coke. That's about it, yes, indeed. Yeah. The, the drinking coke, of course, the black one. Yeah. Yeah. Not the Coca-Cola kind of Coke. Well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite. With thanks to Trimer. Recorded using Source Connect. Edited by Andrew Peters. And mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging. With tech support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say good day, drop us a note at our website. Theproaudiosuite.com.